Welcome back, everyone, to Summer of Heroes. We are finally back to a great movie. Right and Jack's time. back. Thank you, Jesus. We're all it's going to be fun. We're actually going to do a good Batman movie, not garbage. I'm sorry I missed Batman and Robin, by the way. I wanted to be there. That I wanted to be that fly on the wall. Do you just... like to give your condensed thoughts on it? It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> Too many mocking us, and it shouldn't have. There we go with mocking us. <laughs> oh, man. I'd just like to say horrible. real quick that yeah. uh, his mocking mentions are the best drinking game you can do while you're watching a YouTube video. You'll be dead. Yeah. You'll be dead in mocking. Every, <laughs> every time mocking is mentioned, take, take a shot. shot. <laughs> Not just any shot. Oh, man. <laughs> the strongest drink that you can find, because Lord knows I had to do that. That's probably why I got sick watching the Shoemaker film. <laughs> Uh, in case you didn't know, this series is an eight-week superhero-filled summer of Batman. We're going to watch all eight Batman movies, starting off with Batman 66 and Got ending it. here in two weeks with The Dark Knight Rises. I want to ask you something yeah. real quick before we go any further. When we started this <laughs> and you first saw Batman 66, mm -hmm. did you honestly think it would not be at the bottom? No. Because you had never seen it. <laughs> no. And I would have thought that had been that way, but... It's awesome that it's still, like, number <laughs> three on the list. And the Schumachers just hit rock bottom. Oh. And four is still forever. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, won't be for long. <laughs> no, not for long. Not Maybe. for long. No. It could be. We could rank this one number five. <clears throat> I doubt it. No. <laughs> that is a straight up line. what you're going to give it. But I'm... <laughs> Gonna give it more it's than not that. gonna be number five. It's, no, it's it's higher on my list too. Oh man! While we rank these movies, we are going to rank them against each other to see which one is the best and who stands out on top. I already have my pick, but I'm not prejudging any of these movies like I thought I was going to. But before we get into that, you might want to know who is sitting with me on this adventure. To my left, it is Mr. Chris Rivers. Hi, everybody. And to my right is the thespian lesbian himself, Jack Yetzko. <laughs> yeah, hi. <laughs> I heard that. He didn't deny it, though. That's, no, that, no. that's true. <laughs> All right, Chris. I trivia time. Trivia. <laughs> All right, this movie uh -huh. released June 15th, 2005. So you mean it's another June movie? It's another June movie. Another summer blockbuster. Yes. Yeah. Runtime on this is 140 minutes. Now, I've got to say... Rewatching this the other night, it did not feel no. It like was it went quick. Two it was hours, very well paced. Yeah. It was very well done. Yeah, very very good. And this movie needed to be a summer blockbuster just because of all the malarkey that went on with the Schumacher film. So this is kind of a you know. Well, this had a one hundred fifty million dollar budget. I can't believe it was that low. But here's what I think you see. This is where you see the damage from, especially Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Its box office worldwide was only three seventy four point two million. Mm, still made a profit, and, but yeah, not as much you, as it should have. Right, but and I think it was people going, "Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> like we're not so still, sure." We're still fresh. <laughs> Don't really want to see any more bat nipples. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, Uma Thurman. Now yeah, we'll get love Uma Thurman, but that one is, oh uh, my god. This may be a recap with me. May, and her Mae West impersonation part of the time. Um, oh, I'm sure Batman and Robin we brought up quite a bit. A we lot. did. We did. Watch it when you get the chance. Oh, I did! <laughs> no, I mean the conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. 
Oh, I'm excited to see that when it's... Um, so oh. we'll get some more of this trivia here. While shooting in Chicago... Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that's where it was shot. It was shot in three different three different locations. Three or four different I think, locations. Yeah, three. Three sides. Um, a drunk driver smashed into the Batmobile. Hmm. He claimed he thought the car was a spaceship for invading aliens. <laughs> well, can't. I mean, you can't you be angry with him about that. No. I mean, you could... I mean, okay, just imagine you're belligerent drunk and you don't know anything about a new Batman movie and you see this car vehicle. I did, I'd say the same thing. It's a um, tank. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tank! <laughs> it's a tank that can jump rooftops. Uh, this film actually inspired the reboot of the James Bond franchise. Did it really? Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Tonally, it just... They wanted to bring a, a darker Bond to the screen, and that's when they cast Daniel Craig. And, and that worked. Got that yeah. thing rolling. The cape. Such a cool cape. It was made with a technique called electrostatic flocking. Mm-hmm. And the crew was taught how to do this by the British Ministry of Defense. Um, wow. The nylon parachute fabric was brushed with glue, covered with fine hair-like material. And when an electrostatic current was passed under the material, it created a dark sheen and allowed it to maintain that billowing appearance. That's kind of so cool. That's how they did it. Science. Science. Brought to you by the British military. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was no second unit on this movie. Normally they'll have a second unit that goes out and films some some of the footage yeah. where the, you know, the primary actors are not. Oh. And they'll condensed so the they, time needed to make the film that way. They believed in Christian Bale that much. No one oversaw every shot of the film personally. Good. He if did only, not turn it over to anybody else. That's good. If only some um, people did it themselves. <laughs> Tim Burton and Michael Keaton have said they were impressed by this film. Of course, when you looked at what they were comparing the most recent <laughs> to. I told Chris, I texted Chris earlier and he didn't see it, that really wish we would have gotten Michael Keaton as Thomas Wayne in this movie. He would have been right around the same age, and it would have been like a nice little kind of Easter egg type thing. Because, I mean, he's not like he was in the movie for over half. It was only in for maybe three minutes total. Yeah. So I thought that'd been kind of cool to have that. That would have been been a nice cameo. So in previous films, the Bat Caves were a combination of set and matte paintings that made up the background. This Batcave was a full-scale set. Everything there was built. Mm. There wasn't any backdrop. Give, I believe. So it. they really I do believe. it in a cave? No, they did yeah. it on a soundstage. But they oh, okay. They constructed it. Yeah. That's cool. There wasn't a whole um, lot of set though, because I mean the the only part of the Batcave they showed was kind of like the little underground section they're talking about that his great great grandfather or whatever helped do the runaway slaves. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there was not really. You know, a certain thing like we've seen in other bat caves or what, like a certain stations and everything. Yeah, it, I really like the waterfall though. Yeah, yeah, he comes through there. <laughs> the that was, it's pretty cool, man. The house that served as Wayne Manor. Did y'all recognize it at all from any other films? Uh, it did look or familiar, think, but I can't put to memory what it was. It was actually Mintmore Towers. It was a former Rothschild estate in Buckinghamshire, England. Okay. It served as the O'Connell's home in The Mummy Returns. It's also been featured yes. in films like Brazil, Slipstream, Eyes Wide Shut, Quills, 
Ali G in the house and Johnny English. The mummy re- when he said the mummy returns, my brain just snapped back to that I've one shot. It. Yeah, I've never seen it. You should watch as watch. I mean, I've seen Mummy Returns. At the time of the release of this film, Forbes magazine did a breakdown of how much it would actually cost to become Batman. They estimated total expenses in U.S. dollars around three and a half million. Elon Musk, you can choose. Actually, I prefer him to become Iron Man then. Yeah, especially after his most recent statements. I could see that. The marketing on the film alone was one hundred million dollars. Wow. Just on marketing? Just on marketing. Well, you have to get all that bitter taste out of yeah. Batman around it. It's like, hey, we're doing something new here. Yeah. <laughs> Just ignore that. <laughs> so whenever they had a single bat or a couple of bats in a shot, mm-hmm. they were real bats. Like when the when the bat gets into the mansion. Yeah. But whenever they had mass numbers of bats, it was all CGI. Yeah, no, they, oh yeah. they couldn't control them. No, there's no way you could have. Yeah. <laughs> not, not like that. Not that one and, scene with Christian Bale just being yeah. surrounded by well, bats. Yeah, and, and you could understand, I mean, watching it, my first thought was, okay, earlier in the film, when the younger Bale falls down the well, mm-hmm. right, he gets, one of them basically flies up onto his face, right? Briefly. Right. Yeah. And in that scene, none of them do that. And you're like, well, that's kind of odd. Right. You know? Uh, the Batmobile was nine feet wide. Yeah. Okay. Sixteen feet long. Had a top speed of one hundred six miles per hour. Still crazy. Wow. And would go zero to sixty in six seconds. It's a five point seven liter V eight Chevy engine. Runs on unleaded gasoline and can do about seven miles per gallon. Before or after the afterburner. (laughs) It was designed designed and built by Chris Corbold and Andrew Smith at Shepparton Studios in England. Mm. It was built from the ground up and estimated to be worth half a million pounds. Um, So, yeah, that's... It's a heavy car. Yeah, definitely a heavy car. Um, During filming of the scene toward the end where Batman's being towed by a train through the streets so much yeah. steam would use was used it would actually rain on the cast and crew for several oh, minutes that's awesome that's cool uh the daylight coming through the windows of wayne manor was created by a single 100,000 watt floodlight which weighed nearly 400 pounds Dear God. Uh, here's an they interesting... They a lot into the set. Yes, they did. They wanted to do it right. Yeah. An interesting note here. Christian Bale's older sister, Louise Bale, portrayed Bruce Wayne's mother, Mrs. Wayne, in the 2003 short, The Death of Batman. Hmm. So he had a connection to the Batman Yeah. Universe. Okay. Okay. Uh, you say it runs in the blood. This was the first live-action Batman produced and released after Bob Kane's death. Yeah, I was thinking about the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if you noticed the license plates for all the Gotham related cars mm-hmm. were designed to look like Illinois license plates because they're in Chicago they filmed in Chicago so they wanted that consistency well that's kind of cool yeah that's what they did that too with the bus and the Dark Knight but we'll speaking get... of last episode since you hadn't listened to it yet or yeah. watched it we found out that Batman and Robin's what killed Bob Kane was it really it's the last Batman movie that came out oh my god so it killed him yeah oh my god <laughs> I mean, you know. And Alfred, wasn't it? 
The guy who played Alfred killed him too. Michael Goff? No, he was still alive <laughs> after that film. He actually did. Uh, he was in uh, Sleepy Hollow with Tim Burton as well. Uh-huh. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, kind of like <laughs> he's died. He's yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> um, the movie does reference the comic Batman Year One by Frank Miller mm-hmm. with Detective Flash. Um, oh, I was waiting for Detective Bullock. No, I never saw him. Not Harvey Bullock. That would have been interesting to have him in the uh, in the Batman films. He, he he's the only character that has not made appearance. So I wondered. Yeah. In the scene where Bruce goes to see Carmine, mm-hmm. you see the redheaded guy sitting off to the side. Who's kind of he's got longer hair, heavy set, mustache. Could have been him. Could have been. I wonder if that was supposed because they focus on him twice. Yeah. I wonder if it was supposed to be a nod to Harvey Bullock. Is he the guy in the suit with the uh, with the blonde girl? He had a girl on his arm. No, know. that was the judge. That was the same judge that no, was at the chill. No, this was this guy didn't have on a hat or anything. like he was. It was long, like shoulder okay. length red hair, hmm. bright red, like maybe poison ivy, Uma Uma Thurman. Red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Where am I at here? Do you know where I'm at? No. Classic. Okay. Something with I'm trying not to read ahead so I can. <laughs> in the previous, be in the previous Batman films, Oscar winners played the villains, but in this one, all the Oscar winners are heroes. Michael Caine as Alfred, Gary Oldman as Jim Gordon, mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox, and Christian Bale. As all Batman. such a good cast. Yes. Yeah. This was the first film that Nolan directed and wrote that was rated PG-13 in the United States. Or his other one? Memento. Uh, they were all R-rated. All yeah. R-rated. Mm. Five Batmobiles were made for the film in total. So if you think each one was, what, half thousand, half a million pounds? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two and a half million pounds. That's heavy. <laughs> um, the wide shot of the house of the League of Shadows, entirely computer-generated. I could see that. Okay. Yeah, I believe it. With the exception of the pier scene in Batman the Movie from 1966, this is the first Batman movie in which Gotham City scenes were filmed on location in an actual city. Everything else was done with stock footage or on sound stages in the other movies. Yeah. Ah! Interesting. I mean, just the way that the cities looked in the other past films, yeah, it was kind of... Because I know Nolan was leaning more towards if Batman were to actually exist in a modern world, what would it look like? What would it actually look like? I guess it would be Chicago, too. It would be the the perfect location for a Batman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This was the... This is the only film in Nolan's trilogy where Batman utilizes bats. Trying to think... No, not Batman Returns, though? In Nolan's trilogy. Nolan's trilogy. Oh, I heard that. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking like, the same thing. like, It's like, wait a minute, we saw the bats in Batman Returns. Uh, but, okay. Oh, yeah, Nolan trilogy. Yeah, this, it is the only one. Yeah, that's right. So, initially, Christopher Nolan wanted to cast Gary Oldman as a villain, which makes sense. He yeah. plays villains real well. Mm-hmm. And he wanted Chris Cooper as Gordon, which would have been a good choice. But Cooper wanted to spend more time with his family, so Nolan <coughs> flipped Oldman to the. Hmm. Would Ullman have been Rachel Ghoul or would he have been somebody else? It's a very good question. I don't know. I would have been. That, I would have. Would, I, could, that, I, could, I could have seen him as Carmine Falcone. I could. Yeah, I could see that too. I was gonna and they say kept could, saying Falcone, and I was like, Yeah, Falcone. <laughs> it's Falcone. just like the Gotham says Rach. Yeah, instead of yeah, Roz. Roz. <laughs> um, 
Sir Anthony Hopkins was offered the role of Alfred. Mm. Okay. That would have been interesting. Yes, but obviously he, he could rejected have, it, though. He could have eaten the scarecrow's liver with caliente and fava beans. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get that when you watch Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Despite the film's <laughs> darkness, no one wanted to, re to make the film appeal to a wide age range, which was smart. Yeah, yeah, very smart. They didn't really do gore or blood. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was the the stuff that you see with when people yeah. are, have the scarecrow toxin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, but outside it was... of that, it was yeah. Henry Cavill auditioned for the role of Batman. Shut up! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> oh lord, that would have been something. Uh, but instead, he's probably one of the better things about the DCEU right uh, now. Altered if, universe. If he continues to be in the DCEU. Yeah, after we'll see his statement. Uh, 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 <laughs> Bigo Mortensen turned down the role of Ducard. Okay. As did Daniel Day-Lewis. Mm. That would have been interesting. Though I don't see really Daniel Day-Lewis as Ducard. I would have seen him as like Scarecrow in this film if we're going to go with the villain route that we have in this one or um, a much more serious Riddler you know the Riddler wasn't in this Jack I know I'm saying if they were to continue with Daniel Day-Lewis did we watch the same one we saw the same film just playing the what ifs here let me have fun with the trivia that's the point of trivia watch Batman 89 good lord again. let me have my fun um. with my thinking <laughs> This is one of the first oh, wow. ones that, um, like, we've, in a long time, we've had, always had two villains, right? What was the, there was only one of them that only had one villain. And that was Batman 89. Batman 89 was mm -hmm. the first one we only had one villain. The rest have had two or more. That's crazy. They still or, continue with this. Really, this one had, technically, but Race is not a super villain. Mm. He's not looked at in that like Scarecrow or Joker yeah. you know, in that context. I don't know about mm, um, okay. <laughs> Christopher Nolan had some sort of uh, fascination, I guess you could say, with Cillian Murphy's eyes. He just he thought they were great, so he they tried were. to he tried to come up with ways for him to take off his glasses in most every scene he was in. That makes sense. Because I mean, he uh, there was a I was gonna say there were a lot of close-ups on his face. Mm -hmm. Well, so, now you know. Yeah, now, now it explains <laughs> it. But yeah, he does have yeah. Um, this is the first Batman movie in which the name of Bruce Wayne is not changed for the Spanish version to Bruno Diaz. Oh, oh, okay. see, see, Bruno Diaz. <laughs> it started with the comics in the fifties when they translated them to Spanish. Instead of Bruce Wayne, they would do Bruno Diaz. That's not Bruce Wayne to me anymore. Bruno Diaz. <laughs> when Nolan asked Con Zimmer to provide the score, Zimmer asked him if he could also bring James Newton Howard on board. They'd been looking to collaborate anyway, yeah. and they felt with the bipolar lead character of Bruce Wayne, with the way that he kind of is bouncing from one end of the spectrum to the other, that he would it would work. They could each write for a part of his personality. So, cool. All right, here we go. While filming on Lower Wacker Drive in Chicago, Illinois, the filmmakers were so concerned for the care of the Batmobile, they told the stunt driver to take as much time as he needed to make any move. 
So when it came time to back the Batmobile up, they went so slow it caused traffic jams that made the evening news. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's another dedication. traffic jam thanks to Batman. <laughs> this is the only film in this trilogy to not feature supervillains that previously appeared in the Burton Schumacher series. There was no Joker, no nothing, no Riddler, Jack. No. Even in even in Batman sixty six, there was no villains from them. They didn't have Scarecrow. Oh, yeah. See? Scarecrow went in there. Isn't no, I, I thought you were talking about the 66 series. Didn't, and I was like, yeah, Joker was in 89. And I think, we, was in I think we've blown a fuse with the trivia <laughs> blown point. A Hang in there, though. Um, the summer heat, it does that to everybody. This is the first live-action Batman movie to get a thumbs up from Roger Ebert. Who's that? One of the you. most famous critics. Uh, the first film, <laughs> the first Batman film he gave a thumbs up to was Batman Mask of the Phantasm. That would be interesting to discuss Animated? at one point. Okay. The, it was a film that was in the, in the part of the animated series. Really good, though. No one wanted to show Batman from the criminal's point of view, so he showed less of it. Uh, he said it was more frightening that way and built more suspense. And it worked. Well, I mean, that's yeah. what... And then what Burton did, he did it with Penguin, and he did it with um, Joker, too. But he, you saw more of Batman. Oh, okay. You didn't see what the criminal saw. Yeah. Uh, we didn't hear, you didn't hear the viewpoint of the criminals, yeah. what they think of Batman versus, you know, besides, you know, the traditional supervillains. So we got Keanu to... Reeves was considered for the role of Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that. But you got to think, though, this was probably just coming off of the backs of Matrix. Mm-hmm. So, yes. I mean, I get that. Speaking of the Matrix. Okay. <laughs> Glad you brought that Good up. segue. <laughs> like the, we scripted this. No. The, Wachows- the Wachowskis were approached to direct. Okay. And they even wrote their own treatment based on Frank Miller's graphic novel, Batman Year One. Okay. But they turned down... They're all making a research, by the way. Year One comics are making a resurgence. A Ken? Okay. Is it like a collection? Oh, an omnibus? Yeah, kind of, sort of. But the Wachowskis turned down the offer to do this film. And chose instead to make the matrix reloaded and the matrix revolution which we all know how that how well that Should turned just, out just stuck with but yeah that's fine meanwhile the script for this was actually written by david goyer yep in the which seven, he does a he does a lot of things now yeah in the seven weeks before he was due to direct blade trinity which he also wrote <laughs> nolan once he started on trinity nolan took over and finished off the script. Okay. Hmm. This works. was the eighth biggest grossing film of 2005 in the United States. 2005. I was... I'm not done. I'm, I, 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 I've know that, I know gotta that. Go. I'm looking at your <laughs> trivia. I'm just I've like... I've got to go back woo! and get the ones I was that don't have a number by. So I'm going to have to really get On a converted parking lot at Shepperton, the film crew built an entire village of trailers... Where chemist and costume artists made neoprene and foam latex bat suits. The place was dubbed Cape Town. <laughs> That'd be so cool I to have your own spot called Cape Town. <gasps> oh, me. <laughs> I'll skip that one. They were. <laughs> no, I gotta read it. It's just too common. Uh, Before. <laughs> 
So before Nolan took over, Darren Aronofsky was attached to make the next Batman movie. Okay. He was going to base it on year one. Okay. And have Frank Miller write the screenplay. Okay. By 2003, there was a first draft with storyboards, which Time Warner owns. They decided for unknown reasons not to produce the film but probably chose wisely based on some details that have leaked out, including considerable changes from the source material. Mm. Alfred was made an African-American mechanic named Big Al. The Batmobile was turned into a souped-up Lincoln town car. Yeah. Bruce Wayne was homeless, among other things. (laughs) If you want to know more, you can read David Hughes' book, Tales from Development Hell. I'm actually wanting to get that book and just read it now out of curiosity. Uh, This broke opening weekend box office records for IMAX theaters. I can see that. The National Institute of Medical Research, which is based in Mill Hill, England, is what they use for outside shots and images of Arkham. Okay. That's kind of cool. Nolan modeled the character Thomas Wayne after Theodore Roosevelt. Hmm. Against his... The way he carries himself. Yeah. Um, considered for the role of James Gordon, Kurt Russell, Chris Cooper, and Dennis Quaid. I think Kurt Russell doing good. Yeah, Kurt Russell. Considered for the part of Rachel Dawes, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. That would have been a good one. I don't know about yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar, but no, Katie, but Katie Holmes didn't. Actually they chose Katie this. Holmes for her girl next door quality. Ah, uh, it, it works. It works. It worked. Guy Pierce was also considered for the role of Ducard. This would have been... Eh. M. Night Shyamalan was at one point considered to write and direct the film, but Negative. turned it down. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just like, no. No, considering his track record. I mean, no. he's he's kind of come... Kind of come There's back. More. I gotta go back and get the rest of the stuff. more. <laughs> all that was just the film-related stuff. I got now yelled I gotta at. get the character-related <laughs> stuff. I got yelled at. It's like, can you make your snuff? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, alright. So the discomfort of the Batman suit put Bale in the perfect foul mood for the scenes as Batman. Good. Well, yeah. It, I mean, I guess if you're able to use it, use it. How much wow. did it weigh, though? I don't know. Oh, well, okay. It never said? No. No. Okay. The other ones are like real heavy, you know? Like 55 pounds. Mm-hmm. The language used by Ken Watanabe doesn't exist. He made up the gibberish while he was on set. That makes sense. Right. Christian Bale performed many of his own stunts. Kudos. I believe that. Kudos. Yeah. I don't know if he was actually the one that did the deal where they're sliding down the mountain, but if he was, that'd be I, fun. Braver than I am. I mean, if he did most of his stuff. <sighs> Could be. I wonder I mean, if that was really him being pulled along by the train. That would mm. suck. I that would be that would be even put him in the even you know that would explain his mood during the fight scene in the There's train. No Tom so. Cruise. No. <laughs> I've seen the Mission Impossible films and I'm just sitting there going, how is he not dead yet? That's a wonderful question. <laughs> Scientology. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> <laughs> so when Bale or ne- when Bale and Neeson were fighting on the frozen lake. Okay. They could actually hear as they were filming the ice cracking underneath them. So was that the sound that was made when they were when they were doing the whole scene back and forth? That that there was like this big clap sound. I guess you would say like I don't know something was added pressure. And I guess it would have been yeah, it would have been the ice. Cool. Well, the next day after they finished filming, 
all the ice on that lake had melted. So that's how oh it was meant to be. It, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure on uh, how many days you have to film it. Bale lost his voice three times during filming. Just <laughs> from yeah, from changing the register of his voice. Uh, his interpretation of Batman was all Christian Bale. In fact, he commented that he stayed away from the other movies. I'm so glad. So as not to be influenced. Thank you, Jesus. Now, only a few days before they cast Batman, eight actors were asked to audition for the part. Bale was one of them. Okay. Joshua Jackson, Eon Bailey, Hugh Dancy, Billy Crudup, Cillian Murphy, Henry Cavill, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. David Duchovny was once again considered to play the part of Bruce Wayne Batman since he was considered for the latest movie, Batman and Robin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nolan liked Murphy's audition so much he cast him as Dr. Crane, aka Scarecrow. Mm. And all the actors had to wear the bat suit when they auditioned. That makes sense. I mean, they they oh, yeah. They used That's a smart way to do it, though. They used the cape from Kilmer's suit in Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And since then, the cape, no one knows where it's at. Somebody kept it. Yeah, it, it, well, once somebody dies, they'll come out like, what is this? Radio or no, or the, or the, it was kind of like a transition, of, like a ritual transition from like the Schumachers to the Nolans. It's like, okay, we finally found our Batman. Burn it. Get rid of it. <laughs> it's some dumpster. Here's a cool thing. That all of, well, not all, most of Batman's gear and apparel based on real life military technology. I can see that. Neat. So it's entirely possible a lot of that stuff could be recreated. Uh, there was a, I think there was a couple of articles I've read that saying that is Batman a possibility, and they said yes. Only the problem is the cape itself. Ironically enough, is the cape yeah. it's the material. Well, and from what is we it, saw here, yeah. But I mean, maybe. <laughs> not saying impossible, but you know. This was the first live-action appearance of Scarecrow. Good, we've touched on. Yes. There were other people considered for Doctor Jonathan Crane. I can't wait to hear this. Jeremy Davies. Okay. Which would have... Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor? I don't know. Christopher Eccleston. Okay. And Marilyn Manson. <laughs> oh, Marilyn. Mm. Beautiful people. <laughs> that would have been uh, interesting that his toxin, if his toxin hit somebody's face, it would turn into like Marilyn Manson's like music videos. That would be an interesting, although it would have been like a rated R. Missed opportunities. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, missed opportunities. <laughs> Unlike most characters in the movie, of course, Rachel Dawes was not a character that originated in the comic books. She was written specifically for this film. It was written expressly for Katie Holmes. Okay. But they did have some backups, including Claire Danes and Reese Witherspoon. Okay. That's interesting. Um, Reese could have done a good job, too. Ashton Kutcher was in heavy consideration for Bruce Wayne, and Christopher Nolan was like, no. Wait, which one? Who was? Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher. She just got pumped! Got him! No, (laughs) no, no, no. Yeah, that would would have been terrible. Terrible. So, on the set, there were two people who trailed Christian Bale while he wore the bat suit so they could keep it (laughs) smudge-free. I mean... (laughs) Entourage, the bad entourage. <laughs> what has been your job for the past two years? I just kept the best suit clean. <laughs> you're welcome. You're, you're welcome. It was on me. <laughs> there were 
over 20 prototypes of the Scarecrow's face that were crafted before settling on the final piece. Are we stuck with the burlock sack? <laughs> I mean, you know, think they just got so mad at it, just yeah. put a sack on his head. Think like, about the money spent on these prototypes. Yeah. And then you're like, we want this one. It's like, that was number one. Yeah, I that, was, that was the first one. That was the... Okay. That's the skull cap. What the... This is the... All right. It's the only Batman movie, live action or animated, where Bruce Wayne's birthday is celebrated. And he, mm-hmm. tur- he turns 30 in this mm-hmm. film. Okay, yeah, neat. Okay. I'll get, like, That's all the first Batman time we comments. got his like age, isn't it? In all the movies, I feel like. Uh, yeah. They might have mentioned it, and I just not remember. No, I don't think so. I, don't think, I think they stayed away from it. Yeah. None of them, yeah, none of them touch on his age, because I guess they were just trying to make it, like, you know, in case something happened to the actors, which, ironically, they did. Then we could just keep it, keep the actors coming and not like, hey, Bruce, how old are you? Oh, I'm 28. Aren't you George Clooney? <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson actually hesitated to do this movie. Oh. He was a big Superman fan, and he found Batman oh. scary. Thank you. But I'm glad but then he did t- But then he created his, the Batman and Nolan. Okay. <laughs> in the opening fight sequence, uh, where Wayne and Ducard are debating the number of criminals that Wayne was fighting, mm-hmm. there were actually seven, which means Bruce was right. Yeah. Good on him. <laughs> As his feet could barely stand after yeah. climbing that mountain. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne was considered for the role of Lucius Fox, which... That, that wouldn't have been. That would have worked. Well, I would have also yeah. seen him as if, Commissioner if Loeb too. Yeah, mm. if, if you couldn't get Morgan Freeman, the voice of God. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, Bale had to perform sixteen separate fights in the course of this film. Sure. And uh, the cool thing is, he has an eidetic memory. Mm-hmm. So he would, they would go through a fight scene, and he would watch the footage. Yeah. And come back and shoot it, and he'd have it. That's brilliant, man. That's why he's such Massive a great props. actor. Right, Has he been anything recently? Christian Bale? Christian Bale? Newsies. Uh, no. Not really. No. He, he was a kid when he did that. Uh, I don't like, I don't I don't like it. it. I can't think of the last thing I've seen with him in it. Did you uh, see Swing Kids? No. You should watch it. I don't know why you ask me these questions. I've only the only things I've seen are the Harry Potter films and superhero films. <laughs> you see Star Wars. <laughs> Debatable of a superhero film. The Sandlot. Debatable of a superhero film. There's a superhero uh, dog in it. All right, back to this. Let it go. Let it go. Because we still have to do the synopsis yet. Batman's journey to Tibet and his ninja training were both elements introduced into the comic book by writer James Owsley in Batman 431 from March of 1989. And the series editor, Denny O'Neill, made the issue part of the Batman Writer's Bible that he hands out to each new writer of the series. So it has officially become canon. Hmm. Interesting. This is the first live-action appearance by Lucius Fox. Yes. Mm-hmm. Gary Oldman agreed to play Jim Gordon without even reading the script. He was the last star cast and learned his lines on the flight to his first location. That's so awesome. Good for him. Liam Neeson had to hunch down during the final fight with Christian Bale due to the height difference. Because Neeson is six foot four, and Bale's like six foot and one half inch. 
to answer your question, uh, Tyler, uh, the last film he was in was called Intent to Destroy. He's going to be so in something called The Back Seat, which I have no idea what that is. Hey, guys, we're almost done. <laughs> Amy Adams read for Rachel Dawes during Christian Bale's screen test. She wouldn't have been a bad no. choice. She would go on, of course, to play Lois Lane in Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. We'll review that at some future day. <laughs> if ever. <laughs> Finally, Liam Neeson's Fine. character states his wife was taken from him. And he emphasizes the word taken. taken. I didn't know this one. I didn't know this one. He started the Taken action yeah. My wife was taken from me. Okay? So you I'm could in another say. film franchise. Come see me in those, too. He did really good in that one, too, except for, you know, the first one was really good. But the other I never two saw was, the other ones. Yeah, the other I, I saw two, but it was... Mm. You know, the crazy thing is he's he's done movies that aren't in the Taken series, but it's essentially the same story. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> really? All right. Jack Docs, okay, go. Okay, Jack. Alrighty, so... I'm I'll hold t- the spotlight enough. <laughs> You're, you, you got it out of your chest? You're good now? I cannot wait to see what... I can't wait yeah, to see what... there. Okay. I can't wait to see what happens with the Dark Knight trilo- uh, uh, trivia. That's going to be very interesting because that is the biggest... If not the best. Two-parter. Huh? That's a two-parter? <laughs> two-parter. Oh, God. <laughs> so, okay, the film really truly starts kind of like a flashback within a flashback. Nolan has this really interesting trick with... Uh, with storytelling he tells the story yes from point A to point B but how it's interpreted though is from like different memories at different places at different times so we really start off with young Bruce Wayne and young Rachel Doss and they're running around in the in the, uh, in the gardens and they're fighting over an arrowhead and Bruce just Bruce snatches the arrowhead he finders keepers finders keepers and he tries to hide himself in the abandoned well and the support gives out and he falls right into the cave and the bats Which, and that's he probably would have died probably given how far he fell and given how well, well at least he would have his, broken something he broke his leg leg back yeah well something. they said uh and when he was going up the step when thomas was taking him up <laughs> the steps said it take him yeah he said it looks like he just got a concussion. I was like, uh, he'd probably have worse than that, my friend. But you well, know, whatever. because they have to transition to the opera eventually, and they like yeah. they don't have enough time to do all that. So he falls through the well, and you know we got that whole situation going on with uh, uh, young Bruce, and then we're flash back. To, now we're flashing forward to Bruce in the prison, and which uh, was that like meant to be like a gulag type prison? Uh, yes, as well as the light to me. Yes, so. Um, and then he's pretty much down at the bottom, <clears throat> which we'll finally go back into another flashback and find out how he gets there. But he causes a riot with the prison, with the with the rest of the prisoners. He fought seven of them off, as he stated, mm-hmm. in the in the future line. And the guards take him. They said, "We're taking you for protection." And he's going, "I don't need protection." <laughs> and the so guards, good, the guards were like, "We're not for protection <laughs> yeah. for you, for them." Just not for you. That's <laughs> so, them. And then. Uh, that's where he actually does meet Ducard, played by Liam Neeson, and Ducard is questioning his what 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 is Bruce trying to do exactly? And Bruce is trying to fight for justice, and then Ducard says, "Well, what does justice mean to you, really? Um, if you really truly want to fight injustice in the world, pick a blue flower. I'm gonna, you know, I'll bail you out of prison. Pick climb a blue this mountain, yeah, climb, yeah, the, climb the, mountain, the mountain, carry a blue, but make sure you carry the blue flower with you because you know if you can't, you, you're basically not in the club." And uh, really such, weird. such it's, a weird initiation. Yeah. <laughs> so but there you is a want re- me to pick a flower 
and carry up to the hill and meet you. But there's a reason why that blue flower of all flowers, too, because eventually we find out that's a the part of the ingredients for the weaponized uh, fear, uh, fear, yeah, the fear gas. So uh, Bruce does follow the instructions and he's climbing up the mountain and then he does get to the temple and he's not met with well-opened arms. He's actually got the living stuff beaten out of him by Dakar because, you know, that's you know, the initiation of the... <laughs> hey, not the see. League of Assassins because with Bruce and the whole no-kill thing, I think if he learns that he was being trained by the League of Assassins, I think he would have ditched it. You know, the very first day he'd have dropped the phone and said, no, I'm out. Mm -hmm. So he just, so they, that's why they're probably called the League of Shadows this time around, because it kind of like, leans. Such a good name, it is a good name. And uh, so uh, Bruce gets the living stuffing beating out of him, and then Ducard says, Yeah, you are afraid, but not of me. What are you afraid of? And then we're flashed back again to wrap up the kid aspect of Bruce Wayne. And, still with the pearls, still with yeah, the. with the pearls. And this is I actually, loved it, though. Yeah. I love the changes that they made. Yeah. And no one even picking an opera yeah. that would. has a scene in it where it's a simulation of something that would give him a the flashback and to the bats that's what send them out the to the theater and, everything. Yeah. and it explains more so than other origin stories for him mm -hmm. why he would carry guilt mm -hmm. yeah it's not just he didn't but act. they left the theater early because he asked yeah he wasn't traumatized just from the shot but if it adds weight to and his all responsibility fairness, it was thomas wayne's fault though why would you go out a side door instead of the front entrance that's but that's what helps build races. <laughs> the way it was written. <laughs> it's a comic book movie. That's what we have to go with. All these questions. So, <laughs> all right. So also, not only that, but we also get to meet, and you know, the pronunciation of this is butchered in the movie, so I'm going to call it by Reish al Ghul, or Raz al Ghul in the movie. So he not only do we meet Dukar, but quote-unquote Raz al Ghul. It depends on what you want to say. Right? Yeah. It depends on part of the country you're from. Well, yeah, Raz Raish. Yeah. yeah. Well, even the woman at the party at the end, it's like, Raz? How good? <laughs> Am I pronouncing that right? It's like, it's, it's, like it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a Chinese dish, man. Come on. <laughs> and the funny thing is, there's different pronunciations within different Batman films and TV shows. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So they don't even know how to I just go on just by however you I'm, want to call yeah, it. I'm just going by. I'm going by the Arkham saying of saying Ray Ogle. It just sound. It just makes more sense to me. Sure. But anyway, so tomato, tomato. I guess anyway. Talking about food. What the hell? So, yeah. So also we also get to see the Nolan, the theme that Nolan is trying to present in this film too, which is the the element of fear and what does fear mean in God. each of the characters How too. How do you use your? How do you use fear? Yeah. Speaking of like the musical producer Hans Zimmer. No, oh, yeah. It's like oh, it, yeah. all three of these movies, like the the soundtrack, like mm -hmm. the the sound that they do is so good. Like every mm -hmm. time, it, like it has a slow build up, and it's just bigger and bigger and bigger and, it and bigger. Punches. Oh, it's so good. Oh yeah, make the heroic moments really them. heroic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> also we get the famous line of why do we fall so we can learn to pick ourselves back up because this is what happens to Bruce time and time again. Yeah. Because actually, the funny thing is, was watching this film, I couldn't help but feel like that. Both of these points were about Batman and Robin. Well, no, no, no. You, oh, you mean the you mean the, the lowest point for Bet for Bruce? Yes, <laughs> and I agree with that. Well, there you go. But, Bruno Diaz. So, Bruno Diaz. Bu buenos dias, Bruno Diaz. <laughs> anyway, um, 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. Kind of has, flo- has a flow. You want his Bruno Diaz for Halloween this year? Yeah, I'm gonna go for Bruno Diaz. Bruno. <laughs> so these two moments, I, these two flashbacks, these two origin points, I feel like they these are moments of severe change because you know we see Bruce going up to the temple to learn how to actually be Batman in the much more combat trained, fit, mentally focused point, and right. then we see Br- young Bruce losing his parents and eventually becoming the you know, uh, the transition Bruce well, I guess you, you also get the the nice twist not really a twist but the fact that race basically trains him to defeat him yeah mm-hmm. the irony the cre- yeah the creator creating the creation so that way the creator could be defeated yeah it's interesting I like mm-hmm. that too. I like that concept in those movies too uh i think we got through that but also uh this is if we got to the, we pretty much Don't went over the origins synopsis. nope actually we shortened it quite significantly because now we're at the point where uh we're just past opening credits <laughs> <No>. <laughs> boy howdy i missed this anyway <laughs> So uh, now we also. This is actually the time too that we don't have Jack Napier kill Bruce's parents right, either, but we actually get the Joe Chill. Joe Chill, exactly. And now let's see. So we get the we have the or, origins part four because we had the origins in Batman eighty nine, then we had the origins again in Batman Forever, and then another origins like for Alfred's viewpoint of being a father of Batman and Robin. So this is like origins part four. But we're back to like Thomas and Martha getting murdered in the alleyway, and mm-hmm. Thomas saying him one more time, "Don't be scared, don't be afraid." And we also get to be introduced to Jim Gordon, who is just an officer at this point. Um, he's like reminded me a lot of Gotham the show. Yeah, yeah. When he first met him and everything like that, which is yeah. probably why the TV show was influenced by that. Just yeah. to say what would happen if Jim Gordon, you know, at that point was coming up to become commissioner. So that was McKenzie. So, but I miss Ben McKenzie <laughs> as, Al, as Jim Gordon. That's just me. Yeah, I have ten more episodes. Yeah, I still have to watch that. All that. That's gonna be the next. That's gonna be the next one I'll watch. I promise. <sighs> so, uh, at this point, Jim Gordon and Alfred are trying to confront or comfort, not confront, but comfort uh, Bruce. And there's also we're introduced to Mr. Earl as well, who is taking over the company, and he's he's gonna be Rutger Howard. Yes, he's gonna be he's gonna be the. Uh, the fly in the ointment later on too because he causes a lot of problems unnecessarily as well and then this is actually at the point where we're finally done with young Bruce kid Bruce and then we're finally back with Ducard and Bruce Wayne and they're having their big training montage and we learn about using fear as a tool theatricality, deception and we find out all the different tricks and leaf shadows all that fun stuff I love when uh Neeson as Descartes is you know, he's just blending in with the ninjas. So good. And, and uh Bruce realizes he's been cut. Yes. And so he cuts the arm. He takes like random soldiers. Just, yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Very smart. They never leave any and he's like, You never leave any uh signs and mm-hmm. Bruce goes, I didn't <laughs> excellent tricks i yeah. like that i just i love this the whole ice scene too we were talking about that like how the ice melted the next day it's just the cinematography and the scene it's very like uh intimate between the two yeah and, and it's the a, training and everything yeah it's just ironic too that their relationship too is reflective with the ice too it's a very slippery slope because mm. you know eventually at one point ducari is going to have to reveal like oh by the way in order to be truly part of the league of assassins you're going to have to kill 
this guy and then lead the army of 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 assassins and bring him to Gotham. To which Bruce says, no, that's not going to work for me. Also, we also go back to when Bruce actually goes out to become an exile. He leaves Gotham City because he himself tried to kill Joe Chill at the courthouse. And then one of uh, Falcone's uh, spies comes in and shoots Joe Chill, robbing him of that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And we also show more of the corruption within Gotham, too. We're not we, just... see, we see Carmine Falcone and... Right. Yeah. Uh, and also how he uses fear as power, too. So we see fear as a tool, fear as power, and it, it's just so fascinating how they have this. Nolan, I love Nolan's films. It's mm-hmm. just, it's such a, it's such a joy to watch these films again. So uh, let's see, we've got a good punk chunk of these done too. Cool. Uh, let me see here, because we, no, we skipped the. Also, Alfred talking about the legacy of the Wayne Foundation, too. Yes. Which, well. during that whole scene of the flashback where he came back from Princeton, mm-hmm. where was Alfred the whole time? Because everything had sheets over it in the whole house? Yeah. Was well, so he just had he, his own little wing, I guess, probably. he lived in? Yeah, and he, just, yeah. he didn't have a need to use the whole house. Yeah. So just to keep everything paid by the Wayne family, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of like keeping everything clean so that way it doesn't get like covered in dust and everything. How many else women too? do you think he brought home? Alfred? Yeah, while everyone's away. Oh, no. Master Wayne, <laughs> Master Wayne, you should Master have Wayne. seen me like this. <laughs> the Wayne Manor is just your house, as your father's. Yeah. Can hey, I borrow it for a couple weeks? <laughs> Mike, Mike, Michael Caine did play Alfie. Yeah. Ah, yeah. ah, that's just funny. You also, watch that. Just... <laughs> I didn't even have to ask him. See. <laughs> Also, we're also during this flashback where he comes back from Princeton. We're actually introduced to Katie Holmes as Rachel Doss as well. This is the first time we get to see Katie Holmes in there as well. And we get to. And also another thing too about Nolan's films is that he actually builds up the emotional connection between them because Bruce just had a random conversation saying, "Hey, the condensed milk. He Alfred still hides it on the top shelf. I don't know why." And then Katie's like, "Does he not know that you're tall enough to grab it?" It's like the warm familiarity with the characters. Well, that never stopped us before. Yeah. And uh, it, it's they just were so cool. Make out then. Yeah. <laughs> their relationship is their relationship is interesting. That's weird. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Frustration with the judicial system. We talked about that briefly. So, and also, uh, Bruce uh, kind of blames that. Bruce is all frustrated with you know with everybody too. He's frustrated with his with himself, his parents. That scene in Alfred. the car. Yeah. When he shows her the gun and she knows yeah. that he was about to kill yeah. Joe Chill. I feel like she slaps him twice. And <laughs> twice, and not, the, of not all just things. not just like a, a like a thwack either, but she just like she full yeah. on slap yeah. in the face. I, that and it says your father would be ashamed, ashamed. of you. Yeah. I felt like that was a, a that pretty was worse big turning. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean it was. But, uh, and it brought it back later in the film. She said, well, "No, I think that was line. I think that was the biggest turning point. It was not the loss of Joe Chill or like the the uh, the murder was taken from, him, but the fact that Rachel Dawes is his only last connection to his past, mm-hmm. truly, with the exception of Alfred, of course. But Alfred's always been there, right? You mean so, I think that like this is he's held his anger and resentment for however many years since the murder, you know? Well, he left for Gotham when seven years old, so he was about twenty. Uh, he was. Tw- oh no, he was. He was no, he's college coming, age. Yeah, he was yeah. college age. College age. Okay. He was gone for. He was gone for seven years. He was gone for seven. They Michael, said seven yeah. years. Yeah. So yeah, he was thirtieth birthday. So he was about. No, he must have just graduated from college, or must have taken an extra year because he would have been twenty three if he. Because left. he said he he never planned on going back. Yes. So. Yeah. So. There we go. So he was twenty three when he left. That's rough. 
Yeah. yeah. So to hold that resentment and anger for he was, was twenty two. Because we see him back for his thirtieth yeah. birthday. Yeah, twenty-two, twenty-three, give or take. Yeah, college graduate. That's yeah, <laughs> semantics. Anyway, so <laughs> so Alexa, what's no, don't. <laughs> I still have to get through this. So okay, uh, Falcon also shows off his power to how he holds over Gotham as well. So Bruce decides going to exile, and now we're finally back to once again. All these flashbacks are finally at the end. And I think it's this time when we see the training where he does the, the arm slice. Yes, mm-hmm. this is this is actually the final examination, and of course it embraces the the rush the Rash al Ghul at that time. So, and then also we find out that too the the flower that he, Bruce picked out it was crunched up into the medicine, and then Bruce had to inhale the, uh, the fumes, and it's what causes that. Mental breakdown yeah. and everything. And not just a mental breakdown, but like... Uh, I don't know who figured that out. Explosion. Somebody just walking through the field picks one of those flowers and eats, eats it. it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it would no, like, Who just says, I'm no, just going to smoke this. No, if he ate it, it wouldn't have no effect, so he would have to have like he smoked did, it yeah, or something. It's it. like, I'm going to so take this and smoke it. <laughs> just roll it up. <laughs> He's like saying, bats everywhere! This is backcountry, the original Royal Duke. The original Royal Duke. <laughs> so, all right. So this is also where we get to see Bruce's uh, no kill rule too. Um, he, where he, he th- there's a farmer that was introduced during the training montage too that he wanted they had to land him in a cage. A man, what? They had him in a cage. Man, yeah, yeah. they met him in a cage. And the man's uh, Ducard explains that he wanted land, and then he became a murderer for that land, and now he has to pay for his crimes because now we're seeing the full, full philosophy of what Ducard thinks what justice means. And what Bruce Wayne means because he thinks he can save Gotham just you know not tearing it down and building it back up again but the fact is he can still save it from within fix what was broken and then you know keep it moving forward so of course Ducard and Raish don't agree with that so and Bruce is so with the with with Ducard standing there they're going you really don't have a choice here you have to kill him this is a point of no return should have thought of that so and then Bruce said, I have a choice. And Bruce like I-, I got a choice, and he flicks the uh, the coal, and that's what causes just the it. Just to hit the, uh, it was the brand. Yeah, the branding <laughs> iron. The brand, the, the branding iron, and it, it flicks it, and it and it causes that huge explosion, the chaos, and everything. And then Raish and Bruce have their big fight. Raish, of course, is killed in the debris, or so we think, quote unquote. You know the mystery behind it. And then Ducard. we have Ducard uh, gets knocked. Ducard gets knocked out like we're in the very beginning, and Bruce saves Ducard. They're sliding down that hill, and I took exception took toward ex- the end of the movie. Okay, when Ducard says, <laughs> "You, you burn." No, what toward the end? It was when he first comes back to Gotham. You burned my house and, and he, left me you, for dead. You burned my house and left me for dead. And I'm thinking, he burned your house, but he didn't leave you yeah, for no, dead. He, he saved your life. He saved you and took you out to the so, thing. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, he was knocked down at the time, hole. too. So, yeah, yeah he's knocked well, down. Uh, <laughs> <it's>, it, it, <laughs> the old guy told him what happened. Supposed to. Supposed to. Could have left some, could have left some details out, because I don't think the old guy even liked Bruce to begin with, because he's like, no, you go back. Go yeah. away. Well, he knew what was going on up there. Mm-hmm. True. True. Knew what so, his neighbors were doing. Uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's see here. Okay, so this actually brings Bruce... Probably a peeping Tom. <laughs> 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 Throw up too many people to peep on, though. That's actually pretty cool. 
Go ahead, Jack. So, Don't let us stop you. Oh, my Lord. Anyway, Bruce... Now Bruce is finally coming back to Gotham after finally... I guess he just had, like, an epiphany going, okay, I think I've learned enough. I'm going to go back to Gotham now. <laughs> I've learned enough. Go. Well, he... <clears throat> he thinks he's got the... His mentor tried to kill him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> think, he's got the I mindset think he's done. to fight him. So, he... And so he calls Alfred up and get on the private jet, and that's when uh, Dukar shares this. Sh- originally shared Bruce with this idea too: is to become more than a man, become a symbol, become an idea. So that way, when that happens, so what? Even if something happens to him, it doesn't die. Yes, right. exactly. And that way, it will. So, so good, though. So it can amplify that fear aspect too. So because Bruce even admits that he's a man, he could be ignored, he could be destroyed, easily forgotten. But as a symbol, he could become something more. So, yeah. I, I thought <laughs> the whole thing with with the card, like everything that led up to that point, was pretty good. I mean, uh-huh. you know, it's. I thought I, I would have been tempted if I were Bruce, because we also get to see how he got arrested and put in the in the gulag. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, and. It's like they robbed this truck. Mm-hmm. He was robbing himself. Yeah, and it's Wayne Enterprises <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, that's his. Yeah. <laughs> Tell that to the man who owns it. Like, I think that was the point but, of him saying yeah, that. You yeah, know? not yeah. a criminal. Mm. <laughs> but that was the thing. He never really did anything outside of stealing some food for survival. Yeah, yeah. he never actually broke the law. Mm-mm, true. In anything he did, he he was kind of like watch stand up guy. Yeah. yeah. So does that bring up the question of like, does he really truly understand how a criminal works? I mean, that's why he did it for that reason is to like. To, I guess he wasn't trying to be a criminal; he was trying to be right. a survivalist. So I guess he got that definition kind of mixed, mish, mashed up a little bit there. So a little bit. I mean, his. I mean, the intentions are true. I mean, I would under. I can understand. I thought that would make it interesting that Bruce actually turned into the to a life of crime just to figure out how criminals do work so i thought the premise he, of that was interesting but yeah, yeah i mean he turned guess, to a life of crime without actually committing, committing crime. crime yeah i mean he's an actor too so yeah works so at this point too we are brought back to gotham city as well and we find out that carmine falcone has half the city in his pocket now so we didn't know how much he had before bruce left and now falcone has half the city Along with working with Doctor Jonathan Crane, which he, which we get to see him in his element at the courthouse, uh, testifying for Victor Zaz's. So cool that Zaz was in it. I thought that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I didn't like the, I don't know, I didn't like the, the look that they gave. Yeah, him. they had like a must. They still had the bald head, but like yeah. had a weird facial hair going on. Yeah. The scars weren't really the scars that were noticeable either. I really had they to weren't. Like, they weren't noticeable adjust. until the Arkham scene when everyone's breaking yes. out of Arkham because you yes. see his neck had like his yeah. little scar. I thought it was so cool. Yeah, my, like my had, favorite Zaz is still on Gotham. Gotham, yeah. I, I, my favorite I, I, a lot I of things are still on Gotham. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. I have to just watch that bloody show. So I will. I'm just, just wrapping. Bloody, bloody. Yeah. So. Also, Bruce uh, starts working immediately to get his contacts, to get suits, and also to go back into Wayne Enterprises to start working. Well, he, huh? he also found out that everyone thought he was dead. And everyone thought, yeah. He, he <laughs> he's been, been dead for seven years. Yeah, and that's when he's like, oh, good thing I left, kind of left everything to you. <laughs> Alfred tells him, ah, just... What? Just make sure if you borrow the rolls, it has a full tank? Yeah, yeah. just bring, make sure it has a full tank. <laughs> so, um, 
and also the 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 whereas in the tv i think in the comics it took him it took him a while to come back into the public view but it only took him a day or two like immediately upon arriving from um wherever he was well he's forced to though because yes. he finds out that um, the company's going to pu- going public the going public yeah so that was why so what were uh, they going public doing because the shareholders also not to mention they wanted to make it into a weapons Oh, okay. uh, they wanted yeah. to make it into a weapons company. Interesting. Too. It's like they got that from one of the the best movies and best superheroes out there. It's odd. Anyways, continue. The <laughs> world just like well, both of us are just like mm. <laughs> favoritism. Anyway, <laughs> also uh, we all, so we also get to notice that Rachel Doss is not convinced of Jonathan Crane's right. methods of psychology well, and she analysis. Figures he's too. on the tape. Yeah. Falcone. Yes, and this causes paranoia for Jonathan Crane, which he goes back to Falcone saying, "Hey, look, I got somebody in the DA who's kind of knows, who's kind of getting a little too close with the business." And Falcone's going, "Look, I'll take care of it, but he wants to know like what's going on with the shipments because this is the because we find out now that the shipments have two kinds of drugs. We have the bears, as they say, the bears are going to the dealers, and the rabbits are going to the." Uh, man in the Narrows. Which stuffed is, animals, folks. Stuffed animals, yeah. yeah. So, which again, Narrows. Yeah, you're from Gotham. So, also, it's uh, the before I jump ahead to for that, we also get Bruce Wayne's uh, induction into jump, the. Make sure you don't turn the table over. No, I'm not going to. So, <laughs> we also get to see him get inducted into the House of Bat, basically going to the Bat Cave, looking because he's he's trying to figure out like where his allies are, what would be the people to go to to start rebuilding Gotham's ju- judicial mm-hmm. system. He gets to see that bat in the on the in the corner of the ceiling, and then Alfred's like saying, "Oh, they're probably nesting underneath the uh, the foundations." To which that brings Bruce back down to the well and facing his fears completely. Was He's just such standing a good there scene. with the bats. I thought that was so oh, was well awesome. done. Great shot. With great the, visual. With the Hans Zimmer music going at the same yes. time and everything. Him standing up and just embracing it. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> So Bruce is now back at Wayne Enterprise, and he's trying to get back into the family business. So he can't really do much with it since he's proclaimed dead, and they're going public. So Bruce is now he's like saying, "Oh, I just want to work at my father's company." So Earl he just plays it very, very low key, very you know? casual. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very like, "Hey, do you got any jobs around? I could, you know, he take just a look wants, He wants to see what his what's his name and everything like that. So yeah. he want to try all companies." With- uh, so he is sent. So when he said when Bruce offers to go to R and D, Earl's like, "Fantastic, we'll take you there." Yeah. Because Lucius mentions that R and D is a dead end. It's basically yeah. all the prototypes are created from Wayne Enterprises and then get shipped off into R and D, always to just to be forgotten. So right. this is where actually uh, Bruce Wayne gets to see a lot of the gadgets and his bat suit and everything else. So this is where Fox is starting to become his. Does it come in black? Does it come in black? <sighs> no, that, that comes later. Actually, he doesn't really. Do, oh, he's I doing see. a spelunking yeah. scene. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going for a spelunking. There's you, you have know, gunfire and spelunking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was what? great. <laughs> It's, uh, so, yeah. so Fox is already suspicious, but I think he already has like put two two together that Bruce is going to do something with the suit. But he's just you know he's like, okay, yeah. I'll humor you. Just don't make me an idiot. This was heading into my favorite, well, one of my favorite sequences in the movie because you get to see like he and Alfred 
working to put all this together, yes. ordering the parts for the cow. That was so that funny. Ten thousand. Just stop getting the hit in the face, sir. <laughs> just try not to land on your head, sir. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> so, what, what is he telling? They'll they'll uh, make sure that this is corrected for the next batch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Luckily, we got a discount on this. One. Good thing they gave us. They yeah. ordered ten thousand. They had to, 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 to be to less suspicious. Show suspicion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was great. At least we got spares. <laughs> but you see him sitting there and using the grinder to to make the to bat symbol. make the the bat the batarang. Well, not really the batarangs because they don't come back. They're the uh, well, we never saw because they only threw them at definite objects. So they could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Threw it at the wall the first time. The lights the next <coughs> time. So. I mean, the yeah, the other batarangs are like a little smaller now. They're kind of like bat stars, I guess you would say. He is bad shurikens. Yeah, so uh, makes well, sense. they technically aren't bad anything because there's no Robin to label them. So <sighs> no, bring back no. Chris O'Donnell. Oh no, no. <laughs> get oh, the label Lord. maker. <laughs> <laughs> but there's nothing to make, sir. <laughs> With labels. So, <laughs> and this is where we finally start building up to the moment where uh, Bruce is actually going around trying to gain his allies. And he actually goes into Jim Gordon's office with a stapler in the back of his head going, <laughs> don't turn so around. Cool. So cool. <clears throat> but he uses the, psycho- the, the psychological aspects of fear, which was phenomenal. Yeah. So it, it yeah. just, he just played a mind game with Jim Gordon and tried to escape the GCPD, which kind of was successful. Kind of successful. <laughs> kind of successful. So, you know, now he has to go into uh, base jumping, quote-unquote, with the cape. So that's where we finally get the cape. And now we finally get the whole bat suit, and we actually get to hear the question. Because I'm sure that's been on everybody's mind. Why, of all things, a bat for Bruce? Because Alfred says, why bat, sir? And Bruce says, to share my... uh, Bats fear me. It's time for my enemies to share with my dread. So I thought that was like that was a good reason, a good excuse, a good line to use, which brings us to uh, Bruce. Uh, Intermission. No, actually, does it, does it come in with no? Hang on, I think I jumped too far ahead. Nope, I got it. He's jumping again. So no, 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 no. After he gets the cape and the base jumping, that's when he gets the uh, the bat tumbler too. It wasn't like it's yeah. not a bat. Yeah. Call, he sees not, the front end of it sticking yeah. out. It's like. Come in black. The tumbler. Oh, I don't think you want that. And then they're just driving around having a joy. Murder free. We're going. Yeah, he's just like, slow down. It's like, see this button? You can hit the afterburn. No, no. And they're not that far away from the wall. No. I guess that's just like some basement of the Wayne Enterprises building. It's giant, just white room, I guess, for whatever. How did they sneak it in from, like, R&D? It's like, oh, we're going to take the Tumblr to a test drive, make sure it still works. And the funny thing is, not only... So, Bale did most of his own stunts, but they wouldn't let him near the Batmobile. That's kind of funny. That sucks. That's that's kind of funny. That's (laughs) stupid. It's like, if you're going to be committed, at least you get the chance to drive this car. I guess because they were... They cost so much. They yeah. only had oh, yeah. and it's like, man, if you wreck this, yeah, they don't. Yeah, they only had a set limit. Paul, uh, Paul Walker. <laughs> it's like this is not the Burtons anymore. This is not the Schumachers anymore. One thing that was curious about this, and it happens later in the film, mm-hmm. when he's driving and he needs to really target what's going on. Yeah, and he kind of folds over. That. And then, but I'm looking. I'm looking at the tumbler, and I'm going, "There's not room to do that." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. The Tardis, the, the, Chris. That's how it was written. That's how it was written. I, to, I don't know. No, Touche. Yeah, sure. 
comic book movies. Gotta love them. Come so, on, Zach, hurry up. Believe it or not, we're actually halfway through the film. So, within 30 minutes. So, yeah, cool. So, uh, final touches. So, okay, we also get Detective Flask and Jim Gordon as well. So, we're kind of like introduced I to everybody. Flask. Flask is, yeah, and believe it or not, Flask is not represented. Flask. Flask. Is it Flask or Flask? Flask. Okay. Almost so. like flaccid. Okay. So, Flask is introduced as well. And, you know, Jim Gordon is. You know, not an officer anymore. He's been promoted to sergeant. So, but he's working with Flask for the uh, uh, as a he's a crook cop, and Gordon doesn't want any involvement with it. So, and of course, everybody's now Flask and uh, Falcone are at the docks, and this is where we finally get to see Batman in his fullest, which we'll see the elements of fear, him jumping around on the uh, the cargo shipments, and he's just grabbing everybody, basically doing the Batman Arkham Asylum thing. Yeah. Arkham Asylum. Oh, where his- are you? Here, <laughs> like great. doing to takedowns and batarangs, <laughs> really well, really, really well choreographed. Oh, honestly, yeah. So it's just, and it, of course, Falcon's like getting a shotgun. It's like, who the hell are you? And that's when we we got our reintroduction to the lineup. I'm Batman from right. Bale's from Bale's perspective, which is you know, honestly, he could have just kept that voice from well, Batman Begins to you know throw. And those. it was uh, it was a duplicate of the line. From Michael Keaton's from but. well, when he says, "Who the hell are you?" Because that's how it was said earlier true. in in eighty nine. True, that, true, that whole exchange was. Just oh wrong. yeah, yeah. Okay, now it's like my friends are like, wait, 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 did they? And it's like, I'm, yeah, yeah, no, it you. Yeah, who the hell are you? So, and uh, uh, of course, Tyler. Tyler. Huh? I'm Iron Man. <laughs> he didn't say it at the end of the movie. <laughs> front of everybody exposing his true identity to everybody. I am I'm so Batman stops Falcone and actually saves Rachel too at the same time so Falcone is you know strapped up to his proto bat sim- bat signal and then uh, he goes and saves Rachel too because Rachel mm. is about to get murdered by the crooked uh, cops from uh, Falcone's payroll and you know it's a it's a kind of good introduction to but kind of Katie Holmes is kind of like Katie Holmes is. I felt like she kind of predicted that was going to happen too. She was like prepared for her. Katie Holmes did or Rachel Doss? Rachel Doss. Excuse me. We're <laughs> called by their character name. Rachel Doss. I, I I felt like she was. She kind of set herself up because the, it was kind of too predictable. She was the like the whole scare and everything. But you know the taser, you see, shooting uh, Batman with the taser was you know pretty funny too because he's he just he's just kind of looking at her like really really, <laughs> and he just like simply just like takes it all <laughs> but that taser gun does get used later in the movie so. but it, it needed like for the most part it's been a very serious movie right it needed a little bit of a comic spot right there true just to kind true. Of and just kind of like humor. Yeah. and it also kind of builds up that image of batman being more than just a man too so it kind of makes him feel like mm-hmm. is he indestructible can he like is that, and then the criminals are now starting to spur was like i hear he can fly i can hear he can do this i hear bullets don't stop him and it's like you know starts building that tension and fear so of course the night was successful but it's met with mixed results from alfred's point of view from commissioner lowe's point of view everybody's kind of like we don't know how to take this i mean yeah falcone's out of you know falcone's arrested big deal but he's gonna get back out again so but the da does go ahead with the uh with the photos that batman gave to rachel and they're saying okay we'll just we'll have a case we'll see where it goes 
Commissioner Loeb thinks Batman's a vigilante, whereas Gordon says, like, ah, I think he's doing a little bit more good than we're, you know, I mean, it's okay if we give him the spotlight every once in a while and Loeb is just not having it. And, of course, Alfred is concerned about Bruce's health because he comes home, he's passed out, and he doesn't get up until, like, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, covered in stitches and bruises oh, and everything else. Right. <laughs> right. So, but Bruce, uh, Alfred's concerned about Bruce's mentality and, phys and physicality, and if should he go into, like, a meeting or something like that, and he comes in with, like, a black eye or something like that, stitches, he has to have, a, like, a very valid reason as to why he is, you know, Alfred all his it. interests. So, no, obviously. <laughs> if you watch Gotham, that'd be believable. Yeah, yeah that would be highly oh, believable. I, like I said, I've got to watch that show. Anyway. We also find out that during the whole night with uh, with Batman's first night out in the town, that um, that Goth a Gotham fr a freighter carrying uh, shipments to Gotham was sabotaged by a random group of terrorists. They grabbed this uh, microwave emitter. I always call it a hydraulic machine, like the sixty six microwave emitter, not a microwave emitter. Yeah. That will that turns uh, any liquid into a gas and destroys all the water supplies. Yeah, and of course, that was supposed to be used for war. Yeah, I was like, that'd be so useful, though. Yes, but the but, but then Lucius Fox brings up the information like, isn't that thing kind of illegal to you? <laughs> so this is kind of a blacklisted item uh, from got, from uh, Wayne Enterprise, and Earl mm -hmm. hears about it being stolen. Now has right. put him paranoid and is trying to figure out where did it go, who's got it, and everything else. So, and of course, uh, we go back to Alfred and Bruce, and Bruce has to now build up that play, playboy billionaire uh, persona, whereas in the other movies, he's been kind of like on one girl, you know, they're dating, you know, he's not really a playboy per se, but he's just like an eligible bachelor, whereas this one, we actually see him as the playboy billionaire, he's got two girls around. What do you, you think know? he whispered in that valet dude's ear at the end? I guess it's the here's your tip or something. I don't know. It's like here you go or something like that. Or keep he he whispered something. something. Like I don't know. And also, this is act, during the whole tell scene. We actually get to hear about the rich, rich aristocratic viewpoint of the Batman, and everybody's kind of like, you know, "How do we take him?" And Bruce is kind of going, eh, "He's a nutcase, just lock Which him." Which is off. what we get in the second movie too. I love, yeah. I love though when the guy comes over and he's like, "Your friends can't swim in the." And the, <laughs> and the fountain. And as he's talking to him, he's sitting there writing. He's writing a check. He's like, it's not a question of money, sir. He's like, I just I bought, bought it. this hotel. <laughs> I'm going to make some new rules about the, uh, pool, the pool area. area. <laughs> he goes great. and joins them, too. That was so good. And the lady sitting at the table with him is just like. Just kept going with the story, too. He's like, excuse me? <laughs> this Actually, the hotel is where we actually get to see Bruce Wayne and Kate. Uh, Rachel Doss meeting each other for the first for time. First time that was a jerk move, though. Yeah, because she said, you know, I've heard you've been in town. I was like, Ra Ra Rachel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he, it's it's kind of telling because he immediately stumbles into telling her, you know, this isn't me. This is I'm completely He's... different on the inside. And then we get the setup line. Yeah, it's it's not who you are. It's not who you are on the inside. It's what you do that defines you. Yeah. So another famous and line Bruce? used later. So, but it, it's because Bruce wants to fool everybody else, but Rachel does because Rachel is so close to, so close to him. So, but oh well, it happens. Yeah, well, it's not like the whole uh, Michael Keaton and uh, Vicky Vale. He's like, I'm Batman. He's like, how hard is that to say? So no, but when when that reveal does happen later on, yeah, if you, it's it's a callback mm -hmm. to. Uh, Batman Returns. Uh, 
Because remember, yeah. it's a, it's he repeats a line that Selena Kyle said to him, or Catwoman. I don't, I think she was Catwoman at the time. Yeah. He repeats it back to her. Yes. While they're dancing, yes. and so it's the mistletoe. Says, yeah, the mistletoe line. It's mm-hmm. something he says that. Oh yeah. Okay. So this was a nice little callback to Returns and the way she learns his identity. It's so interesting to go back into all these films and like see all the references to. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So Crane is summoned back to the courts because Falcone is starting to, you know, trying to get himself out of there and try to go into Arkham Asylum or at least get himself bailed out or something to that effect. Falcone. Crane so, helped him with that. Yeah, Crane does help him get into Arkham Asylum because this is where we're actually introduced to Scarecrow for mm-hmm. the first time too. Because he puts the mask on, he's saying it's a, it's a a, a, a device that kind of like you know tests the inmates, and he pushes Would it you up. Like to see my mask. See these crazies, <laughs> they can't stand it. So he puts the mask on. It's funny because Falcone goes, "So when did the nut take over the nut house?" And he presses that button, and then he just gets a full dose of fear toxin. This is where we were first introduced to the fear toxin as yep. well, because we didn't really see it in its full. Effect. We got to see a little bit of it during Bruce Wayne, but it was a mild right. dosage where this is just weaponized completely. Mm-hmm. So it's like a complete horror scene from Saul or something to that effect. So, uh, You'll get there. <laughs> I've seen Saul and Saw 2. Have you? Mm-hmm. So this pretty much puts uh, uh, Falcone in a permanent catatonic state of fear, really, because even because Fal- uh, yeah. uh, Crane says only the mind can take so much. A near a little bit closer to the end of the film, so Batman does warn Gordon of the. Uh, so we're back to seeing Jim Gordon with his family and Batman saying, "You know, there's a power shift that's about to happen." I need to figure out what else because I've heard about the drugs. I've heard about one being sent to the drug dealers, which is obvious, but I need to know about the drugs going to the Narrows. And then Gordon says, well, I don't know about that, but Flash may know something like that. And then that's where we get another famous kind of funny thing happen with Flash and Batman because Flash gets zipped, gets uh, pulled up by the, z- by the grappling hook and then Batman's going, swear to me. <laughs> and he's like, so, and then we... I don't we, know. I don't know. I swear. <laughs> yeah, swear, swear to me. <laughs> And uh, so, I love his voice. And, ba- and Batman goes, Go! <laughs> Where are the other drugs going? It's hard my voice just doing those two lines alone. Oh my god. So, anyway, uh, Batman does go to the Narrows, but Crane is there first. They're starting to sabotage the building because. I love now the Narrows' this... portrayal. Oh, yeah. Of this. Because, like, it's, it's on Arkham Island, uh-huh. but, like, it's. You can tell it's very run down. It's just like shacks all living on top of each other. I loved it. Broken down. It it it, it was very well done. Uh, uh, Crane is and his goons are just trying to sabotage the uh, the building that the drugs are being kept in. Which of course Batman comes in and tries to stop them from. You know, tries to take a sample. Of course, he gets the sample the wrong way. Scarecrow yeah, hits he, he him with hits a, in the face. Just right into his face, and he, you know, that, and Crane is doing his one-liners, very back well. to back to back to back to back, and very just very nonchalant. Let's too. turn a light on in here, <laughs> or whatever. It's he like said. sit down, relax, have a drink. Yeah. You t- you're look like a man that takes himself too seriously. You need to lighten up, and he flicks the lighter Beautiful. into his face. So that was really well done. Which, of course, Batman—that's his first, the second night out, and of course, it fails miserably. So he's trying to get Alfred to take him back to Wayne Manor. Of course, it takes two days for him to fully recover. It's really the first time since a number of years from what we've seen that, oh, he's, yeah. that he's really shaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's always portrayed as this as cool, calm, this and collected, calm. Yeah, he's 
he he's very methodical. He's he's he knows what to do. He's always have everything something planned. Now it's he always comes up on top. Where this is like the first time we actually get to see him stumble greatly. He falls. Yes, he falls. Mm -hmm. So he can pick himself up. Exactly. So this is not the set. This is not the last time this happens in this film either. So, uh, but uh, we also get to find out how long the effects were lasting, and the core solutions. And also we find out that the the uh, another freighter has the. Uh, microwave emitter and the uh, Rachel's boss the first DA finds out about it and mm. is trying to investigate what's going on he sees the microwave emitter and he gets gunned he down gets kilted. he gets kilted he gets shot at it so shorted. and of course this opens up the door for this, not the same thing so it kind of opens the doorway <laughs> kind of it kind of op it opens the doorway for Harvey Dent to take over eventually but that will be the sequel so of course Bruce is recovering from his hit with uh, the toxin. Of course he's like you know he how long have I been out? Two days. It's your buff day, sir. <laughs> so um, and of course and he's asked, and Fox is there to explain to him why you know how, what did he had to do to like create the antidote and everything else. And Bruce says, "Can you make more? Because I got a feeling we got we're gonna have a bigger problem here shortly." So. Yeah. Uh, Bruce is kind of getting ready for his birthday, kind of not because Rachel is there to give him his the memento that they both shared as children to like I guess remember it's better times or better beautiful. days. It's an arrowhead. Um, yeah. Uh, so it, Rachel explains that uh, her boss is missing. She needs to go investigate Arkham Asylum because now Falcone, is, Falcone, excuse me, Falcone is being moved to Arkham Asylum. For most people, that wouldn't be a problem. No, and boss ain't here. Yeah. <laughs> so. Falcon. I guess if you're on their line of work, though, it'd be kind of different. Yeah, yeah. So, Falcone uh, is being sent to Arkham Asylum. Rachel wants to investigate why, because all of a sudden he's a very sane man, has always been a sane man, and according to his records, you know, he's just a bad guy. And now he's being sent to Arkham Asylum. So Rachel goes there, which makes Bruce paranoid. So he goes and gets suited up as Batman, whereas poor Alfred's kind of going, what am I going to do with the guest server? <laughs> and Bruce is like, oh, distract him. Tell him that one story that you know. It's funny. <laughs> so, Tell him that joke you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Also, Bruce recognizes the effect of the drug, too, which is kind of why he's saying, can you make an antidote for this? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, he recognizes the feeling, the sensation from now it. Now he knows before. where it's coming from. Yes. So Rachel does go to Arkham Asylum, and Rachel is making all these threats to Jonathan Crane, and you know, bringing her special analysis to Arkham Asylum to investigate Falcone and also the other patients that Crane has put into the asylum. And Jonathan Crane's going, "Well, fine. You know what? If you're going to go ahead and do that, let me show you my evil plan." And shows the uh, Crane's uh, goons pouring all the fear toxin into the into the Gotham water supply and of course this sends Rachel into a panic she tries to get into the elevator tries to go up but you know Scarecrow stops the elevator hits her with the few hits her with the toxin and she's out like a light pretty much so Scarecrow is interrogating Rachel lights go out Batman is there to stop Crane and stop Crane and his henchmen he does eventually and of course Crane gets his own dosage of the fear toxin mm -hmm. of course I think not as much because you know he would have been completely ballistic yeah. himself but so probably probably Batman did him a favor and just like hit the button and just like made the dosage you know less than what it should be because Crane was okay this is where we on. find out that uh 
Crane had another boss and it wasn't Falcon, right? Yes. Actually, we've been hinted at this boss for a while because Crane said that, you know, my boss is coming to Gotham. He's yeah. going to make sure that this operation goes without a hitch. Right. And then Falcon goes, wait, he is coming? Yeah. But we don't know who he is until yeah. Batman asks, it's, who's your boss? It's interesting because, you know, this whole time we're led to believe Falcon is... Like big the, man in yeah. Gotham, mm-hmm. and we find out that he's really low on the total pole. Just another he's just pawn. Being used, yeah. yeah, another pawn. So, uh, of course, the police come to Arkham Asylum as well, and they're surrounding the place because they're hearing all the commotion, the riots, and uh, not the riots, not yet. Uh, <clears throat> but there was like a big commotion going on, and that the bat was there. Nobody's wanting to go into the asylum because SWAT is coming in. They don't want to handle the bat because you know his fear, his legacy is starting to unfold no, rumors mm-hmm. yeah uh 45 minutes in folks no we're not <laughs> every time they do that joke take a drink so <laughs> <laughs> um let's see uh also <laughs> so also not to mention that earl actually fires uh lucius fox too so like before bef- like during the time where batman is suiting up earl is down with lucius fox saying what about that microwave emitter and then lucius is asking him a lot of qu- too many questions about the emitter and earl fires lucius for asking those questions okay so cover that jerk right. Know, right? <laughs> he's a real douche canoe yes he is. so all right, so Rachel is, you know, Batman rescues Rachel. They're up at the, uh, they're up in the tower of Arkham Asylum. Uh, Jim Gordon goes is the only brave soul to go in there because he knows Batman is not going to hurt him, so he's going to use his, uh, use that as his leverage to get into the building to find out what really truly is going on. So this is where we get to see the uh, the bat sonar being used to bring all those bats in from the cave and yeah. to attack the so because which that was a callback that yeah and that was a callback to the comic series too for Batman Year One because that was the same trick he did then too when he was cornered by the police and that was done in the animated movie of that Year One as well so it was so neat you get him just like flying down gliding down going through the building being you know surrounded by bats I think it was very well done very well shot so uh batman saved and so but we also get the first actual chase scene with the bat tumbler too and this is probably the mm. one no this is the one one out of two and of course batman is racing against time and gotham police to get back to the bat cave and save because there's only rachel one, there's only two endos left yeah yeah so uh so eventually Batman does get back to the cave and of course fo- there's a Fox X Machina where the there is these little capsules of the medicine. <laughs> Are you keeping a track of how many times I say that? It's just one that's At one least there's one, you know. <laughs> so that's ba- God, if I was here for Batman and Robin, you would have been like ballistic. <laughs> and he- oh god. <laughs> because well just think of this. He was back in the cave all of a sudden there's this oh by the way, Mr. Bruyne, there's <laughs> there's a <laughs> Don't do it. There's, there's a chemical <laughs> So continue with this. I am. So of course, Bruce saves Rachel. He takes and uh, Rachel does eventually wake up from the toxin. God only knows how much time has gone by since the, she was administered the cure. So the, um, the the chase scene was cool. The though. chase scene's amazing, especially yes. like just like he he goes from building hopping, which. Yeah. You know what roof is going to hold? What streets he on? Yeah, (laughs) he's not on the street. What? What's he driving? What's the description? A tank. Oh, I've seen it. (laughs) It's a giant tank. (laughs) Not to mention the fact that he can pull that the back tumbler back into the darkness and the shadow turn all the lights off that was like it was quiet silence that was was very i don't know where to go the start of the rooftop scene though where 
the guys in the helicopter are like, there's no way he's getting off yeah. that roof. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and he's just like <laughs> shuffling in his little tank oh, thing, firing man. in and pulling back. That's that just crazy to me. The the whole silent scene. Everyone's like, "Oh, where'd he go?" And like, you just see the little, he's you just see like, something move past. Yeah. That was so cool. And then he hits the lights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we found him. We found him. <laughs> just, and it just starts right back up again. It's like, all right, time to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, all of this is being filmed on television, and Alfred's watching the whole debacle on TV, and of course, Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Wayne is just coming in casual, like, hey, how's it going? And then yeah. Alfred's going, when you told me you were going to do this Batman thing, it was going to be the save Gotham and not, uh, you know, all these shenanigans, and of course, uh, Bruce is going, it isn't for shenanigans, and Bruce is going, then what do you call this? <laughs> I didn't kill anyone. The answer I, didn't, that he, I didn't have time to follow the rules of the and, road. And the answer he gives, he says, the answer he gives is even better, he says, damn good television. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What so, do you call that, sir? <laughs> so, and then, Bruce says to Alfred, look, Rachel's downstairs, she was hit with fear toxin, uh, take her back to her place, make sure she gets the two antidotes, one needs to be mass production, one's for Jim Gordon, because mm -hmm. she, Batman just has that feeling that something's gonna hit. And of course, we get to the party, the big party's going on, Bruce is not interested, until we find out that Rachel Ghoul is at the party as well, but he's on his <laughs> Raz Al Ghoul. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so we find out that, you know, is Rachel Ghoul immortal? Is he, you know, is his ideas live on? And Bruce just says, no, that's just a cheap parlor trick to hide your true identity, which we find out Ducard is the real yeah. Rachel Ghoul. Which is very smart from a business standpoint. Right? Yeah. Have a dummy person and, you know, whichever. It's kind of like a alter. <laughs> and, I, and I love the, the <laughs> scene here with, um,. Where he needed to get everybody out of the house. Yes. Like he he acts like the drunk playboy type. Mm -hmm. I and then you'll the, drink in my booze. Yeah. You know? And it was, and it when the the one guy walked past and said, "I see that apple does fall far from the tree." I was like, "Oh, a friend of his father." Yeah. 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 And you saw the. Uh, it's not a joke. His face and everything. Don't smile. Oh. It's not funny. Get out. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And even out, even the race is like, yeah. nicely done. <laughs> pointless still but nicely gonna, done yeah. still not gonna stop what's coming so yeah also before the big reveal for Ducard as well Fox does explain the uh, microwave emitter too mm -hmm. which is kind of why Bruce is kind of like trying to get everybody out of the party as well and also because Ducard is threatening to kill people there yeah. as well so Fox is gonna manufacture more of the cure especially for the police department if need be so he's got two people you know trying to make a cure for this for the fear toxin um so, uh, when everybody's gone, that's when the goons for Rachel Ghoul start tearing up uh, Wayne Manor and setting the place literally on fire. To which is Ducard saying, uh, hey, you left me for dead and but set my house on fire. Allow me for you. Allow me to return the favor to you. Mm, and so, liar. Yeah. And of, course, liar. We, and of course, during this time, we find out the about the big reveal how Rachel Ghoul is going to destroy Gotham, not through, yes, through fear. But also as the usage for economics as well, tear the whole thing apart. Like basically, just a whole said he, they were system the, reboot. Just tear it down, build it back up again. You should really see how old like the League of Assassins, or the League of Shadows, yeah, is they, they talked about like a certain huge event. Yeah, they yeah. sacked Rome. Yes, yeah. burned London to the ground. Yeah. I thought that was like it's like it has all this legacy yeah. behind it. So yeah, in a way, Rachel Ghoul is like an idea, but for like for other people. So Ducard right. could have been Ducard. But mm -hmm. it's just he took it, he took the mantle of Rachel Ghoul, right? And that really could have been the real Rachel Ghoul. Yeah, 
true. That died. And then he yeah. took yeah. on he the mantle. Took up the mantle. That could have. Yeah, true. Interesting. I... That was... Many possibilities, but that's what makes it so interesting. So the house is burning down. Uh, poor uh, Bruce is under a... Uh... Burning down the house. <laughs> He comes back, and of course, Alfred has his own ex machina. Alfred ex machina <laughs> times it by times it by two. Said it twice. Yeah, yeah. times it by two because he saves him not only physically by saying to him, "What's the point of you know doing all those push-ups?" push-ups. <laughs> that was great. What's the though. point of doing all those push-ups? You can't even push up a bloody log. <laughs> that was Bruce awesome. just gives him that look of like, eh, really, Alfred, <laughs> really. Yeah, all right. It's like, all right, you you you, you made me mad. Uh, so, and also not to mention, they gave him the other line as well. Why did we fall? So we could learn to pick ourselves mm-hmm. back up again. So they kind of get because Bruce is he falls a lot. He does, yeah. but I mean, that's, what's he going to be when he gets to be eighty? He says, "I can't do this anymore. I thought yeah. I was going to do, but I was going to save Gotham." So yeah, he, he like he has this lament, and he's like, "Oh my god, I thought I was doing something right here." And Alfred's like, "Well, you kind of are. You just got to stop being stupid with it." Mm-hmm. So Bruce suits up once again, and now we're back to the Narrows, which is where Arkham Asylum is, and you know, Katie Holmes, uh, Rachel Dawson, because because Rachel Dawson is like that's the idea, but two different actresses play her. Yeah. So that's why my brain's kind of like separating the Rachel Dawson at this point. So. Yeah. Sorry. I, mm, it's what happens when you don't excuses. agree to the sequel. Huh? So, excuses. <laughs> yeah. So, now, the full, plan, the full plan unleashes with Rachel Gould going to, to the microwave emitter that's on the train that Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne uh, built to help public transportation to make life a little bit easier. Halfway point. No. three. We're about 80% done. If not, a little bit more. Shut up. Anyway... <laughs> So, because uh, you do that, I lose my train of thought quite literally. <laughs> that just so, makes it longer. Also, not to mention the fact, though, the murder of Thomas and Martha Wayne actually plays a bigger impact on the city on this in this show and this yeah, movie because, as well. Yeah, because like he, he orchestrated it. Yeah, not only did he orchestrated it, but the fact that because of Thomas and Martha Wayne's murder is kind of what gave that it kind of what gave Gotham a breath of life mm-hmm. again because Go- Thomas and Martha were putting all their the money and everything. yeah they were putting money into saving the the denizens of Gotham and so their awesome. murder just kind of like you know whereas you know if they played like traditional rich aristocratic people the the League of Shadows would have come in sooner and just wiped everything out no big yeah. deal but the fact is that they were doing something good is what stopped them to begin mm-hmm. with right. so Hence why Grace said, we're coming back to finish the job again. So, and to which they do, because they li- release everybody from Arkham Asylum. They sabotage the Very wall. Smart. Yeah, and he, they release all the murderers out into the Narrows. Uh, the police raise the bridges, which kind of puts everybody in this, like, a little... And also, the, the all island. the squad units are in the Narrows, and we too. we see the little boy again yes. from earlier. Who was going to be a king in Game of the Thro- in Game of Thrones too? Uh, yeah, the same little boy. That's where it was. It was yes. Joffrey. Yes. Yeah. Oh, like the whole movie. I was like, what else has this kid been in? Yeah, Red Wedding. Anyway, there it is. <laughs> anyway, so and of course, Rache gives off the traditional famous one-liner for a lot of villains to start their evil plan. He says, "Gentlemen, it is time to spread the word," and the word is panic. So with everybody free and the police in the narrows and nobody able to go in or out, Race just hits the button and the emitter just goes off and it's releasing all the toxins because Jim Gordon was going to investigate the Arkhamus, the uh, the sabotage in the water supply. They find out that they are not affected by consumption consuming the water or whatever has been affected by it. Right. But it has to be breathed Aerosol. in. Yeah. So 
that's when we find out why the microwave emitter was also very important mm -hmm. for this as well. So there's this whole big chaotic thing happening in the narrows. There's this big chaotic thing with the train. But Rachel's safe because she's already she still got yeah. the antidote. Yes, and she gave one to Jim Gordon too before all hell broke loose. Broke loose. So she did her job. Yeah. yeah. And then she was protecting the boy again as well. To which Craig didn't exactly explain how he didn't get. He. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the boy lived. Are we talking about the boy or Jonathan Crane? The boy. The boy. The boy was hit, and like you'd kind of tell it was fear. Yeah. But he kept saying, "Batman will save us. Batman will save us." Uh, it's. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. We got to really see no. him freak Plot out. Plot hole. Yeah. So. Also, because uh, well, Crane was, you know, Crane is kind of recovered from his little exposure too, because he got to ride on his pale horse, you know, trying to be like death and everything. So of course, cool. it was a cool moment, a cool visual, but at the same time, though, it was kind of a cop out, especially how he just got tased in the face and he just kind of retreated. Yeah, like, oh, oh. Yeah. it's like there's nothing so to fear. Bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, of course, giving off the famous line, "There's no Crane, only Scarecrow." So that line yeah. has been used in several different lore, many, mm -hmm. many, many, many times. Also, Rachel times. Yeah. yeah. Rachel fights off Victor Zaz as well, although briefly because Batman comes down and saves her. Yeah. And that's when Batman goes into his plan that. You know, oh, everyone's uh, seeing Batman, though. His face and everything glow. Yeah, just, oh, that was cool. And see the wings extended yeah. out. Yeah. But this is where she finds out. Yes, because Batman reveals his plan so to Jim back Gordon and to Rachel. Batman telling everybody in one movie. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> at least he did himself. No, and he she's just... the only one he tells. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, I mean, but his his dame's on distress. He tells yeah. her he's, in the movie, and he's very subtle about it too. Because she could just pass off like, "Oh, okay, I've heard. I must have heard that somewhere before. I must have told that." So, oh, Bruce, yeah, so, Bruno. So she kind of. So he's like, "I'll give you a hint as to who I am." And then I'll leave you to it. Cool little so he didn't really truly reveal himself. And he leaps, and she looks over, and he's got the cape yeah. spread yeah. out. He's gliding over yeah. the chaos. That's, Yeah, it's so brilliant. And, of course, Jim Gordon is in the Batmobile, the Bat-Tumbler. I was going the Batmobile. It's not really the Batmobile, but the Bat-Tumbler, and he's driving off the bridge. He's too, back in every bit of it, too, and you can tell he is. And, of course, he's like communicating with Commissioner Loeb, and he's like, what backup? What backup do you need? And, of course, there's the Bat-Tumbler just going right through. <laughs> <laughs> Zero F's given. Landing <laughs> right on the... <laughs> right in the narrows. And Batman's like, can you drive stick? <laughs> so there's this whole big uh, rigmarole with uh, Batman fighting Rachel Ghoul in the train as well as mm -hmm. Jim trying to beat the train and try to sabotage its flight. Because we are explained this plot twice, this plan. So if you didn't catch it the first time, it was at least mentioned twice. If the train reaches Wayne Towers in the very center of Gotham City... The water supply, all of it, would explode and all the fear toxin would just basically drive everybody insane and everybody would start killing each other. So, that's the whole plan. But, of course, the plan was uh, stopped by Batman foiled. And, and foiled. Yes. So, of course, we have a... Bat foiled. Oh, bat foiled. Really? So, foiled. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was, it was kind of nice to see them reminiscing, too, of their training as well because, you know, Ra's is trying to mock him like, oh, you never paid attention to your surroundings. The Batman does the same thing too. Mm -hmm. Race is like, well, yeah, you couldn't stop. Yeah, you may have stopped me, but you couldn't stop this train. You know, you're weak, you're powerless. Yeah, and Batman's like, I'm not trying to stop. The and train. he uses his bat voice the whole time talking to Raish, and Raish obviously knows who he is. I think he's just so empowered that he's stronger than what whenever, he was. Whenever I, I put the mask on, 
It just changes. It's kind of, I think it was like the Darth Vader kind of moment too. It's like when I was with you, I was a learner, but now I'm the master. Yeah. So I think that's what he was trying to establish with Raish while they're in the train. Yeah. So it could have been that, or just like, behold, this is what you created. Enjoy. You made. I made you. You made me first. Kind right. of thing with uh, Michael Keaton's Batman. So, of course, we got one of the most um, over overkills in bat in, in this in this <laughs> franchise thus far. A little overkill because yeah, uh, Batman does sabotage the train, destroys the the one compartment where the microwave emitter and Raish and Batman are, and he says, "Yeah, I'm not gonna, I don't, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save yeah. you." And that's when, yeah, that's like a very clever line. He just like opens up his cave and goes right out of the train. Brilliant. <laughs> and Raish is just looking at the at the tracks yeah, just falling, and he's shit. just like. <laughs> he's just like, Do we really uh, think he's dead? Uh, considering the fact that the train crashed through a, no, a parking lot, though. tumbling, 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 tumbling over, and then the midder just exploding and all that hellfire, I would, Maybe. I would pretty much say he's dead. Well, Ducard's dead. Ducard's dead. Yeah, but Rachel Ghoul lives on, okay. probably in another successor. So yeah. we don't know. Of course, this is all Barbara Gordon on Gotham. Mm. Or, well. I still have to watch out. Yeah, not to technically Barbara yeah, so. yeah, you know. <laughs> so, so let's wrap this up real quick because we're at the very last oh, two minutes of the hey, film. We passed real quick like an hour and a half ago. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm glad I'm back. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so Rachel and Bruce have their moment because the whole mansion's burnt down and Rachel's asking what's Bruce going to do. I love the newspaper story. <laughs> <laughs> billionaire bil- billionaire nope. burns drunk billionaire drunk billionaire yeah. burns down <laughs> and you've been Batman's been escalated to page one and you've been demoted to page, page eight, eight. Yeah. <laughs> and the business called him Nestor White yeah. so also yeah Bruce actually buys after the company went public he bought all most of the shares was... with his money through I thought that through his charity seen. funds so yeah. all the charity funds that he's going to help out eventually bought help bought buy all the shares and that's mm. what made right. uh, uh, Lucius Fox Become the new CEO. He's doing Earl's job. Yeah. This scene was so cool. He yeah. says, on whose authority he calls him, Lucius. <laughs> Did you get the memo? Yeah. <laughs> so good. So, oh, man. Pretty much everything is all right with the world, and right, except for Rachel saying that, you know, Bruce is, yeah, he's, he, he's never, he never came back. You know, right. Batman is... The guy she fell in love with is not there. Right. So until Batman is no longer needed, she is keeping herself away from the danger. What she can understand, considering how other superhero movies have gone over the time. You know, it's just, she's an assistant district attorney. Probably very well thought of by Mm -hmm. the people that want to clean up Gotham. She's going to be around Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Not she's to mention, be a target. Yeah, target. Not to mention, I think Batman is still kind of like that, eh, 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 kind of like a reputation too, because it's like, okay, cool, he did do this, but there was a lot of property damage happening at the yeah. same time too, because I was like, I'm sitting there going, Batman did save the day, yes, but those poor people that were just watching TV <laughs> yeah. and their <laughs> got ripped down when he's driving it, over um, the rooftop. Yes, uh, yeah. So, and of course, we have our final moment with Jim Gordon and Batman as he well. Did. I like what you did with it. Yeah, the bat symbol without the like the letter of like if you need me or should you yeah. like should evil rise again? Yeah. You know, it's very <laughs> subtle. I like that. They said we're out of criminal masterminds. <laughs> that was great. I, I couldn't find a criminal mastermind. <laughs> that was great. 
Um, oh, so, you know, of course, Jim going gives off his concern too about the the uh, the presence of Batman. It's like, yeah, sure, this is great, but what happens if you know they start buying armor piercing rounds? What if we start mm. wearing Kevlar armor? It's like, what if this escalates? What if this keeps building up to make things? If this I is love make how things like, worse. everybody is smart in this movie. Like you've got a. Uh... Rachel Dawson being like, obviously, I don't want to be around that. And right. then you've got him that's like, you know, this can only escalate things. This is not the 66 Batman Commissioner Gordon. No. No. It was just, why Batman? I never would have thought of it. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, Robin with is, a machine gun. There's a lot of um, <gasps> Sparrow with machine gun. <laughs> Miss that. It, th- there's a lot more logic behind everything. There's yeah. like a lot of reasons why yeah. pe- why they would think like this and the actions that were given to it too. Especially the fact is that they're like, okay, there's you got to think for the theatrics. Here's this guy too because he shows them the Joker card too, and Batman's like, oh, this is the Joker. Oh, and he, no, he just looks at the card going, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll, look, I'll, I'll look, look into, into it. it. I'm not gonna like he's not gonna take immediate work on it, but he'll look into it because because you know, isn't the next movie and Wayne uh, Manor's <coughs> already built back and everything like that. So you, and I, I, I don't of, remember kind of like I'm trying to think of what Wayne Manor was. Cause I don't remember and too I, much. I like him uh, when they're surveying the wreckage. Mm-hmm. Wayne Manor, you know, mm-hmm. he, Alfred's like, you know, I I think that we could use some improvements on the, under on the, the foundation. The, yeah. the southwest wing of the foundation. <laughs> we could use some improvements, Batman. So That's great. So that is the end of Batman. I'm so glad we're on Christopher Nolan's movies. Like, they're so good compared to... And they get better from everything. here. Yeah, it's... They do. Oh, it, the only thing left, guys, is the ranking. And our rankings are as follows. Number one... Batman 89, number two, Batman Returns, number three, Batman 66, number four, Batman Forever, and last, number five, is Batman and Robin. Chris, <laughs> what are your thoughts, scores, and personal grade? Ah, oh, man. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a step in the right direction, certainly from where we're coming from. <laughs> I gotta watch that episode. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a great foundation piece for the next two films. Mm. There's not a weak point. No. It's. I mean, it's got some things that you know. Like it's not we, perfect, we, but we it's. Found a, yeah. We found a couple of plot holes. Yeah. Right. But in the but grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things, is an overall film. Uh, it's it's not hard to watch, definitely. No, and you know, we said for two hundred for two hours and twenty minutes, that thing flew by. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I oh, did yeah. not even feel like it was that long. Right. And I've Bale. <laughs> I I, I, I want to say Keaton's still my number one Batman. Mm-hmm. Fair, but that's probably just because that's the Batman. I grew up with. Yeah. And that's that's fair. Um, it's hard. Bale's very... It's like... I, I think it's like 1A, 1B. Yeah. Those two. Okay, yeah. Um, it's a tie, you know, between... Yeah, and then it kind of drops a little. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that. Definitely. Kilmer was not a bad Batman. No. No! He was no. a good Bruce Wayne. Yeah. As well. Uh, but this one... God, you know... Figuring out a rating was tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think I gave 
I mentioned this. Uh, I think like, Batman '89 is my highest rated so far. And I uh, think it was a seven. Seven point five. Seven and a half. Yep. I grade yeah. things differently. I've, so I've got a. I've got to give this. I've got to go nine. There it is. Nine. Wow. I've got to go nine. Wow. Personal letter grade. This is an A. There it is. Wow. Uh, it's, yeah. Oof. Jack? Interesting. Yeah, considering how much was at stake for this movie, it did a phenomenal job. Really, truly, because it, uh, considering how horrendous Batman and Robin was and how it just... It, it, it left a lot at stake for the superhero franchises in general, too, because, you know, there was not really what you call a good decent superhero movie there was a couple play movies here and there but you know that was fine but this this had a lot riding on it and it pulled it off phenomenally is it perfect no it's got mistakes but it's nothing that does not make it unenjoyable if this had failed i don't think we have an mcu we wouldn't have anything i don't we have think today. we had yeah so we have what a lot to we have a lot to thankful for this movie uh, x-men came out before yes this movie all the, the trilogy yeah, started two thousand and one. So that's a conversation this for another. Kind of, <laughs> this kind of took it to another level. Yeah, yeah. Help bring superheroes and comic heroes. Yeah. To they life. were the X Men movies were good, but it was it, it. It's just something about this that brought a lot into into factor because this brings up the situation of Batman were to actually exist. What would the villains be like, and what would the situation mm -hmm. be like? Not to mention you have Nolan's methods of the Nolan brothers' method of storytelling too, and well, it's. Yeah, this is a single superhero too, and you got mm -hmm. X Men was an ensemble cast. That's true. Yeah, where you you know they went with an all star type cast and mm -hmm. said here. Um, Christian Bale, I'm I'm with Chris on this. Uh, I I thought Christian Bale's Batman and Batman Begins was really good. Um, you know the voice thing was okay. It wasn't mm -hmm. as cheesy and low bass as it's going to be later on in these movies <laughs> well that's gonna be spoiler my alert. spoiler alert which is gonna get it, it's gonna be a gripe for me as essentially it's not gonna destroy the fun for me completely but it's gonna make me go like come on chris you know, raise the you know vocal level a little bit it's killing my voice um but yeah it's hard to top keaton after his performance with bruce wayne and batman and like val kilmer was he was a good he was a good bruce wayne but the batman was kind of like hmm um uh, hard for me to say. I'm not. I'm not going to give it as a nine out of ten, but I'm definitely going to give it an eight out of ten. Because, really? Yes. Yes. Well, my definition of eight is kind of different. It's kind. It's still in the A territory. You may have to look, but I think you gave Batman '89 a nine. I did. I did because that one. I just you think that's this, a better film than this. this? I did. Now, wait till we get to the Dark Knight because that's going to be interesting too. So. Oh, you think you're you're woo by this grade? Wait till you get to the Dark Knight because it's gonna. He gives that a four. We're gonna <laughs> open that window. Yeah. Letter grade, I'll fly. So letter grade, though, however, I will give it an A. There we go. So do this. It's a, you know, eight's an eight. <laughs> Calm down. Um, He's a teacher too. That's what's disturbing about it. <laughs> what does the teaching have to do with the review? <laughs> what does my occupation have to do anything with the review? <laughs> Are you great? I'm going to <laughs> what? Um, this film was because this is 
this is my Batman. Like you were saying, you know, you grew up with the Keaton films as being your Batman. This one was was my era generation, if you because the first and only Batman movie I've seen in theaters was The Dark Knight, which is the next one. So this one I watched on DVD, and I still have the same DVD I watched it on and everything. But I loved it. I loved the pacing. Again, we we've talked about it. Uh, didn't feel like two and a half hours, two hours twenty minutes, whatever you want to call it. Um, it was dark. It was gritty. I loved all the characters. I loved all the characters' way of thinking. Um, my scores are both exactly like Chris's. Nine out, nine out of ten, and okay. A. A. Well, we all give it an A though, so that's yeah. It's yeah, but ours are real A's. Yours is like a little bastard A. <laughs> it's, it's still an A. Alexa, what's seventeen plus nine? Are you kidding? No. Twenty six. Do we have there that, it is. Do we have that same problem with 26 with Batman Returns with its anniversary? We try to take 26, 27. Once again, 26, 27 here. So, the we rankings are as follows. Number one, Batman Begins. Number two, Batman 89. Number three, Batman Returns. Number four, Batman 66. Number five, Batman Forever. And number six, Batman and Robin. <sighs> it's... Next week, I'm, I'm more excited about. I can't wait. Got eleven. Is it? Oh, 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 yeah. oh, 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 oh. Got in total. Yikes! <laughs> oh my god! So, but guys, that is it for this week. If you want to do your homework for the week after, it is obviously the Dark Knight with the one, the only, the Joker, the best portrayal of the Joker that has ever come out. Unless you want to count uh, Mark Hamill's animated Joker, but that's. You know, to each their own. Speaking of which, the day we're recording this right now yep. is actually the tenth, tenth year, tenth anniversary for the Dark Knight. And they're br- they're bringing theaters. it back to IMAX. Are they really? Yeah, for this anniversary. Sweet. So that'd be kind of. If they were doing it this weekend or something, I think that'd be kind of cool to to watch it in IMAX and then come review it. But I don't know when they're when all that's going down and everything. But if you want to check out all of our work, you can tune in to mine and Chris's show, Hero Craving, which we are only doing multiverse. Um, it's actually about to end soon because multiverse, uh, here, Arrowverse ended a couple weeks ago, but we still have two episodes left of multiverse on we, podcasting we services around the world. We do an Arrowverse episode because there's a little bit of news that we yeah. need to discuss. We'll bring some news into light. Um, you can check out Jack's work on nerdwide.com when I actually sit down and edit and almost upload. Done. I'm almost we're, done. We're, it's, it's taking a breather anyway. Yeah. I need to catch up on more games. Well, shoot, we're in a gamer strut right now. But that's Ugh. that's conversation for another show. You can follow me on Twitter at Ty underscore Hands. You can follow Chris at MathTN7. And you can follow Nerdwide at Nerd underscore Wide for all of the postings and publishings there. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our YouTube channel. And of course, if the, this podcast is on NerdWide's Hero Cravings. And YouTube channel is youtube.com slash nerdwide. Until next week, Heroes and Villains, where we rank The Dark Knight. Excited for that one. Bye, everyone. Night.